nobody will give you that secret formula. I think it's a mix of so many things. And I've learned as well that you got to listen to your guts quite a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So I think it takes time to understand that. But a lot of time things don't seem right and you still go for it. Welcome back to the Kelly Limber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert who's on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, just do something different and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Is that you? Have you listened to a previous episode that you loved and you really taken action from? Or is today's episode going to be your game changer? Well, I want to know. So drop me a message on Instagram. I'm Kelly Lundberg Official. I reply to all the messages that come in and I really love to share with the guests and with my audience what you've learned and what you've put into practice. And today's episode, you are going to learn so much. And not only that, but just be really inspired. Sarah Shama is the CEO and founder of Citrin, a Dubai-based brand that creates and supplies innovative mealtime products to families. Now, she was inspired by her own children's needs. She talks about her son being such a fussy eater and how she really struggled to find a lunchbox that worked for him that he actually came home with an empty lunchbox because he he ate everything. So in 2017, she founded Citrum, where she identified this need um, in the market for stylish and leak-proof lunchboxes. So since her launch, the brand has grown to include over 90 products, including sustainable range, bamboo range, and a range specifically designed for teenagers. And she talks about how the range keeps expanding through listening to clients that message her on Instagram and and customers that say, I like this, can you you do this? Or I really like this. And it's so fascinating. Um, Citron has gone to really dominate the lunchbox and back to school market in the GCC and it sells you know, selling over, it was like 100,000 products and she's won so many awards. But what also I thought was really interesting was that decision to leave behind a very good corporate job to really pursue what she didn't think was a passion. It was just solving a problem in the marketplace. And she's now got a huge global reach and um, got some serious funding and um, investment as well. So let's get into this episode. I think you're going to love it. Welcome to the show, Sarah. It's so good to speak to you in this capacity because we've spoken before about personal branding and your business, and I just loved your story. So I'm so excited to have you on to, to share it with everyone else. Thanks so much, Kelly. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Such a positive, good vibes to have all over. So I'm very, very happy to be here. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Right. So for those that don't know, Sarah, you have been in business now, what is it, two years, three years? Uh, About three years. Yeah. Do you want to share with everyone what it is that you do? And then I've got so many questions to ask you of that. So maybe give a little bit of a backstory. Of course. So I came to Dubai back in 2008. And I was an investment banker. Uh, From there, I worked as a consultant at McKinsey. So a lot of numbers and strategy and stuff like that. And then I went and worked in the media space where I used to do everything related to strategy, investment, and also venture capital. I have myself uh, led a venture capital fund that invested in 15 startups. 
with about $30 million of assets under management and all that big stuff. And when my son was about 18 months, uh, I dropped him to nursery and I had no idea that I had to pack lunch for him. Uh, And I didn't know how to pack a lunch for him because where I come from, we don't take lunch boxes to school. Schools usually give us food or we go home to eat. Uh, So basically, I go ahead, I just go to the first shop, buy the thing that my friend tells me is the best. And I send it with him and he didn't eat. He didn't eat, he didn't touch anything because his lunchbox um, mixed up the whole food. Everything was leaking and he just was unhappy about the whole experience. And from there, I was like, well, something is wrong here. Uh, I need to do something for the kid to eat. So my solution at first was to buy 500 small boxes where I put like, so to make sure nothing mixes. And I think the teacher got really quickly annoyed with me. (laughs) Well, you can't be sending like so much food. And from there, we went ahead um, and and started looking what were the solutions available and started as well designing a lunchbox that could fit as much food as possible without being mixed. And this is how we started. We started back in 2018. Uh, I had the prototype in 17, but in 18 was when uh, we launched. And I literally had no warehouse, uh, no nothing, uh, no marketing, no branding, no Insta page, no anything. Um, The website was an ugly landing page. And we just started, we sold uh, on Amazon and on um, Mitsuk at that time and on Mom's Word and Spray. And we just sold out within two weeks the 3,000 units we have produced. And we did not understand what happened without any branding or anything, nothing, nothing, nothing. And that was the the beginning. So how would you describe now... Um, Citron, your 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 business is it is it because it's more than just pack lunches. It, it's yes. What what is so, it someone who's who's new to the concept? So today we do all mealtime products. So we have lunch boxes, water bottles. So we have a whole back to school category with uh, backpacks and everything. And then we have an adult range. So for moms or for teenagers and oh. for all the kids. Is that, that new since we last spoke? It's been there, but we've been enhancing the range more and more. And next year, we're going to go full on on a fully adult uh, range because we get we keep on getting the thing. I wish that existed for me. I'm so happy to pack for my kids. I wish I could pack the same for myself. I'll be like, okay, let's make those wishes come true. <laughs> Not such a difficult thing to do. Uh, and we also have a whole uh, baby feeding category with like plates cups, sippy cups and all that stuff made of bamboo and those were as well a very very good hit and we've been sold out super quickly on these and yeah it's it's doing quite well oh congratulations and I love hearing stories like this because three years like it's it's super short and you know to sell out of those 3,000 units within two weeks you're like did you have like a little party? You're like, it's working. Like this idea is, is like, what? I couldn't believe. I said, what just have happened? I don't know. Was I not the only mom struggling to find the right product? Was I not the only one stuck with a kid like that? This is where I realized that there were lots of demand and the products were not just not available here. So we started doing more and more because then they would come and say, or do you have the smaller version of this? Because I want to also pack a snack, but I want to give him three, four options for snacks. So I don't want those small boxes. 
And then we started increasing. Do you have a water bottle? Do you have a bag where I can carry all this stuff? And then the more people ask us for stuff, usually within a year to 18 months, the product is out. Uh, and, and every single line we add is based on the demand we see and based on a lot of customers uh, talking to us and saying, oh, do you have this? Do you have that? I think this would be great to have. And we learn from them and we try it. We just try. So that's really interesting that you're really listening to your customers. So how, how, how do you listen to them? Do they message you on Instagram? Do you do data research? Do you call them up? Like, how are you getting so close and such good feedback from customers? So um, I answer everybody on Instagram. So although I have an Instagram team, if I don't answer myself because they're quicker than me before sleeping, I read every single message. I don't know if they know or not, but I do read all of them. A lot of people, funnily enough, uh, message after working hours. I'm the one answering. If you answer, if you message at 8 p.m. or at 6 a.m., I'm usually the one on Instagram and I I answer people. I also sometimes answer the phone in the office or I would. we have a WhatsApp a number on the website and people will send. Uh, my email, although it doesn't look like it's my email, but every single email that comes through the website comes to me and I personally answer. So I try as much as possible to be in any of the loops to listen and know. And this year we had so many customers come to our office to buy stuff from us. Uh, and, and they wanted more help. They wanted explanations. And they kept on asking, oh, I would love to have a pencil case. Or do you don't do this because I just want to buy the whole range. I don't want to go to three shops. I just want to come here and buy everything you have and send my kids to school because I trust you and I like what I see. And I think this is where you build slowly the number of products and the proposition, but you got to be listening to what the parents want. Now, there is something else is that sometimes we create the needs for products. So now it would work. When I launched the water bottles that were stainless steel that keep water cold uh, for 12 hours, I knew there was a demand in the smaller kit category. But when I spoke to the moms, they're like, oh, kids with stainless steel, it's heavy. What if it drops on his feet? We're not sure where we would buy something like that. But then again, we were sold out so quickly because once the kid tried his water bottle and liked the taste of the water, and then the water was cold, although he was playing out in the park and in the beach. And then the parents didn't know that the kids actually do like water to be cold and not boiling hot (laughs) and then they were like as i know then everybody flipped to stainless steel where and 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 still until today not a lot of brands do stainless steel for kids because i think they all have that type of feedback of people saying oh it's heavy not sure all that stuff but we went for it uh, and we created that need. So then it's very hard to go from steel back to plastic. It really feels wrong. Yeah. And sustainability um, wise as well. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's a lot of time people believe in the region were still far behind. But I was very surprised this summer when I was in Europe and when I went to the States a few months ago that were quite advanced in a lot of products we do. And a lot of products that we offer here do not exist anywhere else. I love your branding where it says um, made by mums inspired by kids because a lot of them have initially come from your frustrated designs where you've bought something broken and you're like, yes, I will be free and let me do it. And then you listening to people as well saying, 
we want this and we want this. So that obviously is a huge aspect that's halted your growth in the past three years. Yes, and 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 uh, this year I dropped my son to school, and he's like the source of my inspiration, of course, because he's just like a difficult little kid, and he says, uh, "Mama, it's the last year I will carry any citron products with any print. I am a big boy now. I just like plain products. So guess what? I'm launching a whole plain collection just." On him, because I know he's right. We lose all the customers for the kids six plus because the kids don't want to be carrying anything with like a unicorn or anything. I mean, especially the boys. They don't want a spaceship. They don't want a dinosaur. It's like, I'm a big boy now. Give me something plain. So I literally had some samples from old collections, which were just plain, where we confirmed the colors. So I literally gave him those ones. And he was so happy. He's like, thank you, mama, because I don't want to be the only one with like, a spaceship lunchbox and big boy now it's so interesting because i mean i wouldn't have thought about that i don't have children but i wouldn't have thought that something like that would actually have such a big impact on a child as well yeah and they know they know and they know they're what they want and what they don't so at certain age we know we lose the customers although they like the quality and stuff the kids do not accept those designs anymore so we're going that direction as well to make sure we have a larger spectrum of kids and of parents buying um, because you have kids of different age and still everybody eats at school with their own lunchboxes. Yeah. Do you ship uh, internationally or you just UAE based? Uh, we do ship internationally. So we do ship worldwide. We have got like amazing rates from DHL. And uh, we ship with DHL throughout the world. And it's been really, really, really good because a lot of parents from Europe, from the US, we have from every single part of the world are ordering and reordering because they always are worried where like an internet's come at the beginning because they don't know us the way people know us in the UAE. But then once they order, they receive their goods and then they see it's legit. And we see the reorder rate be like so, so big. And they spend much more the second and the third time versus the first time when they're just trying to see how it legit or no. How interesting. So what's, what's a great tool for you when it comes to marketing? So are you, is it social media? Do you do ads? Is it Facebook? Is it, is it just kids in the playground? What's the best method for you? Honestly, we do everything. So we do a lot of advertising on on social media, on Google. Paid paid ads, yeah. Paid ads. We also do a lot of uh, influencer campaign. So we do send quite a lot of gifting to influencers and they uh, write reviews. Uh, This year, what we have done that was a bit different as well is that we selected a few moms uh, as ambassadors that have a small followership on on Instagram, not necessarily the big influencer we like. You call and it we just micro influencer, yeah, yeah, the micro, very tiny ones. And but we did not select them because of the followers. We selected them because of their style of doing things, and they were just in sync with the brand. Uh, basically, the way they take pictures, the way they dress up the kids and stuff, so the pictures look really nice. Because we're moving away from having to take pictures ourselves. We want our page to be populated and to look real and to feel more real rather than just high-end pictures from a photographer. And we rely a lot on user-generated because that attracts people more and uh, that creates much more engagement. So we do have quite a solid social media team that is in-house and does a lot of analysis of what works and what doesn't and then takes decisions based on that. We also do 
a lot of offline activations with our retailers. Mm -hmm. So this year we selected a few retailers who have placed a personalization machine where people could buy stocks and add their names on it. Uh, and that really worked. So we do different things. This year we wanted to do a pop-up store for back to school in one of the malls, but the prices were just too high for us to even look at it. So okay, we'll look at it next year. But for sure, it's it's doing a, a bit of everything. And obviously we PR um, and we do events and we do, I mean, everything that you can think of. We have very good relationship with nurseries uh, and schools. And those are uh, natural feeders as well because they would just send an email and say, uh, those are some ideas we suggest and there would be a few brands that they think are good. And we always kind of make it in their newsletters and stuff like that. And that helps a lot. And we don't pay for it. Going where the kids are. There was a famous marketing term about it. You might have read the book. Like you you go to the watering hole where your clients are, which is nurseries and, and, you know, schools schools and stuff like that. Yes, 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 exactly. I have a question on that strategy about generating real content. What do you do to get people to actually tag you in posts? Do you do something that it's like, do you just say tag us in it to be featured or do you say competition or what? what's the... I think for our category, it's just funny, but I feel there is a lot of competition between moms. And a lot of moms, although they have 100 followers or a million followers and stuff, they kind of like to show their, that they are doing something extra. So a lot of times we get tagged maybe by 20, 30 moms a day that we don't know and we have not asked anything or said tag us I just feel that the moms put so much effort into packing the lunches that they want the world to know it and and we get tagged a lot which is something really nice for us but to be honest we do not ask we we never ever ever ask anyone to tag us unless it's like an influencer to whom we have gifted things and we would say can you tag us when you're doing it but just people tag us as a, a sign of we got this brand and we like it and we support it and this is why I pack today for my kids. And some of them are cooks that do amazing pictures, but they just do it and they, they feel they're supporting, which I was very grateful for. But a lot of time we don't offer anything in exchange or we just say thank you, but it's not, no, nothing's not. Special. Okay, just, just quite interesting on that. Aspect. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I would like to rewind a, a few bits because we've kind of gone into the future. So yes. I think- Maybe people are listening and going, right, okay, we've, we've got that you were an investment banker and that's what you did. And now you've got this amazing business that 30 of mums are tagging you a day into their product and things are selling out straight away. What happened in between? So did you give up, was it, did you give up work to have kids or what was, what was that transition bit? Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I never gave up work when I had kids just because I'm somebody that really enjoys working. I just need it in my life. So I really love my kids, but I can't be a full-time mom. And I always tell that to my friends that are full-time moms. I'm like, honestly, kudos to you because it's so demanding and difficult. I just tell them every day, it's so much easier for me to do an Excel sheet. I mean, very, very honest and super honest. But yeah, they're my kids. I love them. I try to spend as much time as possible with them. So the idea of transitioning basically from a corporate world to Citroën full-time, which only happened last year, was to get the flexibility to spend time with kids. 
So that was my number one prerequisite. I said, I want to be able to take them to activities. I want to be able to trap them in the nursery like I did this morning without feeling guilty that somebody's paying for my time and I'm not there. Uh, because this is how I used to feel when I was in corporate. I was like, if, although I would say, can I go and I can even miss this hour or two, I always felt I was not doing something right, right? Mm. Because so I really decided to leave corporate to be to have the freedom to decide about my schedule and when and how I want to do things. But also, I really wanted to have the flexibility to to be close to them. So my office right now is literally seven minutes from my house. And I do have an office inside my house as well, where if I'm not in the office, I will work from home, uh, but I want to be a few seconds away from them. So when I have time in between calls or in between anything, I just go keep my phone down and I spend time with them. Um, I try to make it as much as possible before bedtime. So for dinner time and spend time with them. I try to spend the weekends with them as much as possible, although 90% of the time I work on Fridays and Saturdays because just things keep on popping. But I do try to slow down on the weekend and give them time. So yeah, I mean, I did take the decision to leave a very high-paying job to make Citron a success. And I have done so many podcasts and so many people have asked me, what do you think success is? Do you want to IPO your company? Do you want to, um, what it is for you that you would say Citron is successful? And I think my question, although seems um, not very ambitious, but for me, true success would be that I never go back to corporate and I have a sustainable business mm. that can give me enough income for me and my employees to to just live happy. So I just don't want to go back to corporate where it's something that does not match with my requirements right now did you give yourself a goal on and did you say when I get to this point in Citron I'm going to hand in myself my notice no I just had my twins to be honest and they were three months and I had to go back to work and I woke up that day and I told my husband I just can't do it anymore I can't I I it's, it's not in me all of a sudden leave them with the nanny and not be able. And I had a job where I used to work until midnight at 1 a.m. And it was crazy intensive. Mm. Because I've been there for like so many years, they were used to me working 24-7. And that's not something I thought it was right for the kids because they did not ask to have a mom that was never going to be there. Although I was earning a lot of money, but I was not there, which was not right. So I just was like, I can't do it. I can't leave these kids. They're too small. I just want to stay with them. And he's like, but you have a business that is doing so well. Just go for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do something. I'm going to give myself, promise myself, I'm going to go to Citron. I'm going to make it a success. And I'm going to make sure I make it such a success that I don't ever look back at any salary and all, any money I was making before. And I don't even miss it. And I think this is what I've been working towards is to making sure I never look back. I never say, oh, maybe I should or shouldn't. I'm so happy in what I do. And I'm so passionate about what, what I do that money doesn't matter anymore. So you're 12. So you uh, how long has it been since you handed in that notice? 12 months or a bit longer? 12 months, yeah. 12 yeah. months. It's, it's, been, it's been, yeah, a year and a few months. Yeah. And, and are you on that path? Do you say? Yeah, you 100%. Like- 
I mean, I keep on meeting my ex-colleagues and they're like, you're such a happier person. You're so different. Uh, you seem so like different altogether. Something has changed. What have you done? And I'm like, no, it's the first time of my life that I go to work on a daily basis and I don't feel I'm working. If that looks, you know, like... That's the secret. They're like, what do you mean? Right, yeah. And like, uh, I don't feel I'm working. I feel like I'm having fun on a daily basis. And that's something that I've never felt. Uh, working because it was always very stressful and there were always numbers and things that are not real and I tried as much as possible to go on a business that is real which is like a real product a real thing I'm not in a tech AI things that seems unreal to me because I didn't want to do that I wanted to do things I could touch and feel mm -hmm. and, and and for me when I walked to my son's school uh, so they have bubbles and they're in a bubble often and this morning I counted on the trays we had five Citron products out of 10 on every single bubble. And I was like, this is what makes me happy. It makes it like it's wet. It's although we see the numbers, how much we're selling and all the stuff. It's never the same as when you see a kid holding it and not even knowing that you have made it from scratch. Uh, so that's like an achievement that is worth millions that you usually don't feel when you did a great presentation. You'd be like, oh, everybody says, well done, thank you. And then you walk away. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same. I see. So that sense okay. of achievement and stuff, yeah. I mean, even this morning, I dropped my twins to the nursery for the first time and I saw so many citron boxes in the nursery oh, trays. <laughs> and I was like, you oh. Just, do you not want to just go up and go, I created that, I made that? No. Oh, my son told that at Spinners one day to a guy who picked up a citron bottle and then he said, that's my mom's bottle. And the guy looked at him and he was like, sorry. He's like, that's my mom's bottle. And I was there just watching the reaction of the man. And he's like, oh, your mom has the same one. And he's like, no, my mom made that bottle. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, hi. I didn't and then know. that started a conversation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, it, it, it's a lot of uh, joy and excitement and to see things working and to see kids using things and loving them. I mean, on a daily basis, we receive messages of mom thanking us for making things that make the kids eat. Because yes. honestly, you would pay a million dollars if you have a fussy eater for him to even finish his <laughs> lunchbox. <laughs> Honestly, be like, I give you all my money, just make that kid eat. And, and, and making those products that actually work is, is a big achievement for me personally. Yeah. Was, was Citron your first idea? Because loads of people have business ideas and they kind of never do anything with them or they're like, one day when the kids are older or one day, you know, that one day. I when my mortgage is done, when my car, when I paid my second house. Absolutely. So, yeah. what, so two questions in that, you know, was that your first idea? Um, you know, how do you know it's the right idea, you know? So basically, I have never thought of myself doing this business, let's be honest. When I was trying to solve the problem of my son, it just happened that the factory said you need to produce so much because I would have been happy of finding a factory that says oh okay I can make few for you and I'll give them to my friends and family and call it a day then when they said I needed to buy so much and it took so much time and I started investing money and all that stuff it just didn't feel right for me yeah. to keep all that in a what do you want me to do with 3,000 lunchboxes? So I just sold it, but I never thought. So if you were to ask me three years ago, what is your passion in life? I would be, um, I'm not somebody that loves art because I'm not an artsy person. 
I like music, but you know, I don't have those type of abilities of being very artistic, yeah, creative, and all that stuff. I'm a number person. I can make beautiful exegetes or PowerPoint, but nothing else. So I never thought having a passion of making products is something that would be me because I've never done it before and I never thought I could do it. So um, it was uh, very interesting that when I started it and I started seeing people buying it and liking it and it working, then I realized that I really had a passion for this and that I could not do it on a full-time basis because I never felt I was working and this is what I wanted. And building it slowly, slowly, but surely and getting surrounded by the right team, hiring the right people that believe in it and, and believe we can make something really big out of it really helped in terms of making me feel that I was doing something right on top of the clients buying and people liking it. And I was interviewing people to hire them to start helping us. And they were like, oh, we love it. We're sure it would work. It's amazing. Such a cool idea. Then we're like, okay, so there must be something somewhere there. And but I never sat down and started saying, oh, let me list all the ideas I have. Mm. Oh, this is what I just, it just happened very naturally. And, and, and it clicked and, and it worked. But it's just, sometimes I feel by doing too much research and trying to force yourself into liking something. And again, I go to the husband and wife thing. I mean, you can date 1 million people and you know you're forcing yourself to go with somebody for dinner and, and forcing yourself to find someone because you want to have a family and stuff. It's not like, it, for me, it's the same. You're not going to force yourself into being an entrepreneur. There's no forcing here. It has to come naturally and it has to be like, this is what you're going to do for so many years. So it has to be your bread and butter. But at the same time, you have to feel that connection and you know it's, it is the right thing to do it. I think that's my best comparison is to compare it to finding a life partner. But it's got to feel that, I guess that spark, right? Something yeah. that just feels right for you and I'm actually going to go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's that, that spark. That minute where you feel that spark, no matter what, be it money, be it whatever somebody else is going to put on the table, you're just not going to take it because you want that not to stop. What is a myth that you would love to debunk in what you've done? Like, it's, you know, is there something that someone, I don't know, that you've said and you're like, there's totally nothing like that? Anything you want to share? I think a lot of time people ask me is, you can't build a business if you don't do a business plan before and you study it so well and mm-hmm. you study your market and you study everything. You can't be successful if you did not run all this analysis before starting. And I just want to say it's not true. Because a lot of time you learn as you're going and your best way of a business plan is really to launch and see could work, could not work and doesn't matter. Also, I think a lot of people believe that businesses can either be successful or unsuccessful. I don't think there is a white or black here because, for example, a lot of businesses grow through phases where they're extremely successful and then not anymore. And then they go up and down and they're quite resilient and they stand up and do it again. And, and this is just you have to be willing to to go through a roller coaster and it's not always what you see and I mean you just see the good PR side but people are like really working day and night to to make sure their businesses are are, are thriving and are successful and so a lot of time people need to know that it just 
can't be either white or black. It's, there's so much in between that goes to make something successful. And in the same business, you can launch something that is extremely successful and the next year launch something that doesn't work. I had, and, and you don't know. I interviewed uh, Leanne Carlin, who was on a previous episode, and we were talking about, remember what exactly it was that led to it, but it was a similar a similar thought process that she was like, people just overthink things and yeah. they overthink things just too much to, to, and they don't do it, you know, go big, yeah. don't overcomplicate things and go for it. And like you say, see what happens, listen to your um, audience or listen to your customers and amend it as you go. Yeah, exactly. And nobody will give you that secret formula. I think it's a mix of so many things. And I've learned as well that you got to listen to your guts quite a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes time to understand that a lot of time things don't seem right and you still go for it. And then after some time, you realize you shouldn't because it just didn't seem right and you knew something was off. So a lot of time when you have signals and you have gut feelings, just listen to them and give them importance because a lot of people don't. And say, well, I felt that was wrong, but I still went for it. I felt I shouldn't go for this, but I still did it. And, and a lot of time, that feelings are right, correct. So true. So, so where can people find your beautiful products? Can you share your website? And you know, how do you get in touch? Now we know that you answer Instagram. <laughs> share <it. laughs> so. We do sell uh, on a lot of stores across the UAE. So we're at Borders, we're at Virgin, we're at um, Crate and Barrel, we're in so many stores here. And we sell online on citron.ae and our Insta page is citronhq. So either uh, .ae or HQ, you will find us on Instagram and on Facebook and you can send us as many messages as you want and you can buy any products we will deliver it all over the world love it thank you I, I wanted to just actually I saw your insta story the other day when you were in borders and you found one unicorn lunchbox it was I funny. was like oh my god that's the last one that exists everybody's looking for it hello and you posted that on your personal page rather than yeah. on citron I think it was your personal page so maybe just a little touch on that because I know that we've spoken about it a while and you've been I've seen you be much more active with your personal brand because it was Citron for so long but in the past months I've seen you make a big change with what why did you do that for those that are still in doubt I don't know why (laughs) but Uh, explain your process or your thoughts I think talking to a lot of experts and one is yourself is uh, I still believe that people buy a brand because they want to connect with the story Mm-hmm. And uh, today's people are not just buying a product because they think it's nice. I think everybody can make a nice product, but they want to say, oh, I'm connecting with that mom that's also lived through what I have lived through and she solved it, so it must work. And and this is what we're trying to, to make sure people are feeling there is a story behind. They're real people, they're not just traders that are buying it something from a country and bringing it here and making money we're here into solving great problems into creating a new uh, products uh, we put so many patents every year uh, because we believe this is our thing about we need people to be aware of the story and to be aware of who are the people behind and, and not hide uh, just uh, 
into like the success of a brand, be it a brand. A lot of people we see on our website hit on about us a lot. And this is something that people look for and want to know where we are. They want to know if we went on the newspaper. They want to know everything about us. So we're trying to, even on the website and stuff, add so much elements about the story, about where how this all came up, put more uh, pictures. I mean, it's hard for me to go there and put a lot of stuff about myself and about my kids just because... From a cultural perspective, we're always raised into do not show off if you're doing well. And that's something where just keep quiet, keep low-key. You don't need to go scream and say, oh, I'm doing this and that. So that's like the whole background you come. But a lot of people today want to cherish others' successes and yeah. want to get inspired by it and do something and a lot of time I think this is what I keep on reminding myself is that I'm not sharing this because I want you to say I'm great but because I want you to also do it and believe you can do it rather than taking attention on myself I mean I'm not telling you there is the last one left because I want you to believe I did an amazing collection but just to tell you that anybody can do it at the end of the day we're just the same I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. Anybody else can do it. It just takes a little bit of courage to just go ahead and, and make it a reality. And I think uh, we do know we have a lot to do in terms of uh, personal branding and making sure people understand that there is a person not behind us and it's not just a group of friends and people doing something because we are into the B2C, right? We're selling products that come with a lot of emotions because when you pick up something for your kid you're 10 times more like annoying <laughs> and you want to make sure like that everything is perfect that you will eat that it won't leak and stuff just because the kids these days as well are very demanding yeah and and the parents don't want any arguing or any issues when they come back so <laughs> trying to make sure that is happening I think that is an awesome place to end on why you were doing it to inspire others, to show them that they can also do it if they have the courage to do so. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much for your time. I've loved hearing the story in more depth and um, you sharing your valuable tips. And if you have been one of our five a day and you've listened and you've been inspired by Sarah's story, then um, let us know. Drop us a DM on Instagram or they can drop you a DM or both of us and tell us. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. Were you inspired? What was one takeaway that you're going to know what that really resonated with me? I really want to hear from you. Head over to Instagram. I love to hang out there. Kelly Lundberg official. Drop me a DM. Tell me the best part or even better screen share it and um, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much. Reviewer of the week left this message. Great interview with three inspiring entrepreneurs. Well worth the listen. Lots learned and the story of Tish Tash was full of interest. From Agunny60, thank you so much. So please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really does make a massive difference. Until next time, be inspired and keep following your dreams.